The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Say that with me. Everybody say the effective, fervent prayer of a, ra- prayer of a righteous man avails much. Okay, avails means this. Avails means this. It means to wield power or a, a force of power to be reckoned with. So when we have effective, fervent prayer from a righteous person, it avails much. You are a force to be reckoned with. But notice it says of a righteous man. That's the neat thing about New Testament fasting. New Testament fasting isn't about messing your hair up and mourning and asking God to please be merciful for you, to please give you his grace, to please forget about the wrongs that you're done. That's Old Testament fasting. They would mourn and do that. Well, in the New Testament, we already have favor with God. We already have blessing with God. We already have a reconciliation through Jesus Christ with God. We already are righteous. Everybody says, I'm righteous. I'm righteous. Say, I'm in right standing with God. So, so that means that, that, that the way you can pray effectively is you can come boldly to God. You can pray bold prayers because you don't have this little voice in your mind telling you how stupid you are and how ignorant you are and how much you fail and how much you come short. You just agree quickly with the adversary. Yes, but I'm forgiven. I'm redeemed and Jesus took my sin and gave me his righteousness and I come boldly. I walk in spiritual favor. So that's the difference. In New Testament, it says the righteous and then it says effective. Effective prayer is this. Effective prayer is when you take the truth of the Word of God. Effective is when you know the Word and you know that it's living, you know that it's powerful, and you know that it's true. So when you pray this living, powerful truth, it has an effectiveness. So what you do is you find whatever circumstance or whatever situation you're going through, it's in the Bible. You can find it with a good concordance. And you can get a whole bunch of scriptures and you can just say the word. Somebody say, say the word. Say the word. You can just say the word. You can just say the word. And then fervent. I love how the book explains fervent. Fervent means this. Here's here's how you pray fervent. Prayers aren't centered. A fervent prayer is when it's not centered. Listen to this. It's when it's not centered on yourself or on your happiness or my happiness or what I want in this life or how I need things to be in this life. If we can switch that to where we say, I don't want to just seek happiness for me. I want to seek happiness because it brings glory to God. I don't want to say, I want this happy marriage and I want this. I want to say, I want to live a life that brings glory to the God. Therefore, I will be happy. I don't want kids that, that, that don't do this and don't do this. Uh, uh, I, I, they, they're, they're happy and nice. They don't get in trouble. You can pray that or you can say, I just want some kids that will glorify God. And I started focusing If I would put my wants and my list out of all the stuff I want God to do here, 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 and here, and I just start focusing, and I want every movement, I want every thought, I want every action that I do to do something that brings glory to God. If we can focus on that simple truth, then we live in a happiness. 
that we live in a peace, righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit is all around us. So that's some of the things you're learning in your book. And I would encourage you not only to have read that book, I would encourage you to go back and reread. Some of this stuff, I've been a Christian for 33 years. That effective, the, the, the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. I read that once, and I was like, there's something in there that I don't even get. There's something, and then I said, Lord, if I'm not getting this, I know there's a lot of others that aren't getting this. Don't just stream through that book and just turn the pages and say, man, I did my assignment that day. Get the nugget. Get the revelation of what that's saying. If we can get a hold of that piece, if we can get a hold of those two pieces on how to approach God, and if we can get a hold of what an effective prayer looks like and how we do it through that book, it's life-changing. Today, today, hey guys on the timer, I want you to give me about 10 extra minutes today. The sequence of agreement is what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about the sequence sequence of agreement, alignment, and assignment. We're going to talk about a sequence of agreement, alignment, and assignment. Okay? When we come in agreement with God, then we become aligned with God's perfect will for our lives on this earth. As, everybody say as, as it's already in heaven. Did you know God's perfect will on this earth for your life is already in heaven? And so we're bringing heaven here. That's why Jesus said, thy kingdom come, your will be done on this earth as it is in heaven. So, so alignment is getting in coordination. And when we're aligned with God, we begin to work in assignment. Everybody say assignment. Today we're just going to talk about agreement. We're going to talk about agreement and alignment. And next week we're going to go out of this place with a bang and a breakthrough with some godly assignment. So agreement, agreement in your inserts is hearing and receiving and saying yes to God's plan. It's coming into agreement with God's will that's for your life, okay? In receiving God's plan for God, here's the first thing that has to happen, is we have to be close enough to hear. Close enough to hear. Sometimes I think God whispers sometimes, so we'll come a little closer. We'll get a little closer, get close enough. And I want to read this scripture. One day, in Acts 13, 2, it says this. One day, as these men were worshiping the Lord, that worship there actually means praying. They were worshiping the Lord and fasting. So they were praying and fasting just like you are these last 20, 14 days. The Holy Spirit said, appointed to me Saul for a special work to which I've called them. I want you to see in this scripture four things. One is I want you to notice that they were worshiping, praying, and fasting. They were, they, had a set, they were setting aside space. They were setting their self apart and creating a space for God to talk to them. Okay? But immediately when they did that, everybody say this with me. The Holy Spirit said. The Holy Spirit said. Say it again. The Holy Spirit said. I want you to know today that the Holy Spirit has a voice. The Holy Spirit has a voice. And this voice, the Holy Spirit, God's voice can speak to you. The scripture even says that he that hath ears, spiritual ears, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. We are his church, and so we can hear what the Spirit is saying for, on a personal basis. Even, uh, I think, I, I would even say this. 
Every person, if I could look to you one-on-one, I would say he's speaking to you. He's been speaking to you for days. He's been speaking to you for years. He's been, well, I don't think I've ever heard from the Lord. I don't think I've ever heard from the Lord. He's speaking. He's speaking to everyone. He's speaking. Here's the, here's the, here's the breakdown. We have the breakdown of 1 Samuel chapter 3, where Eli was the high priest at that time, and he had his two sons, but then he had Samuel. Samuel was in bed one night, and a voice came to him and said, Samuel, Samuel. And it was so clear. Notice he was quiet on his bed at night. That's a great time to hear from the Lord in a quiet place. But it was so clear that he thought it was Eli, the priest. To where he went in, he said, hey, my Lord, did you say something? Did you want me? You called. And Eli, Eli was like, I didn't call you, boy. Go back to bed. You didn't call me? I heard you. No, I didn't call you. And then he goes back to sleep. What's wrong with this boy? Go on back to bed. Quit waking me up. So he goes back to bed, gets some rest. Samuel hears again. Samuel. Samuel. He jumps up and does. This happened three times. Three times. And finally, on the third time, the man of God noticed that God was speaking to him, to speak into this boy. And I want you all to know this, that I'm telling you that God is speaking to all of you. He is speaking to all of you. He is currently speaking to all of you. And, and when you begin to hear that, that, that whisper in the quiet place, don't doubt that and do what Eli said to, to, for Samuel to do. Just go back there and say, yes, Lord, I'm listening. So much of time with God, we think that it has to be things we're saying. But sometimes we can say little and hear much. I never go to bed without something close to me that I can write down. Or something where, because quiet time at night. But so the Holy Spirit said, and then he said this, he said, so we know the Spirit has a voice, number three, he said, appointed to me Barnabas and Saul, and, and I want you to see this, for the special work that I have called them to do. Appoint unto them. A God appointment. There's a special work. Paul and Barnabas, there is a special work. Ken and Darlene. Marge and Rich. Dwight and Jackie. There's a special work. Terry and Connie, you're separated unto God. Every person in this building, you're separated unto God. When you pray, the Holy Spirit says, separate unto me. Separate unto me. Why tech is separated unto me. I have a calling. I have an appointment for you. And you hear this in the secret place of prayer. God has a special appointment for you. You were made for a mission. You were made for a mission. The Bible says the Lord has made everything and given everybody a mission for his own purposes. That's in Proverbs 16:4. In prayer and fasting is where we hear our life mission. We hear, thus saith the Lord. This is what I want. Here's a good definition of mission. You might write this down. I, I think this is a great definition of mission. Mission is a deep sense of it's a deep sense of God's vision. It's a deep sense of his, notice it says it's a deep sense, an impression of his vision, his direction, and purpose for life. 
All of us need this, and we receive this at the altar. God has a plan for my life with a special God appointments. Amen, sis? God appointments. We have God appointments every day. I want you to look at Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. It says, for we are God's handiwork, created. Come on, everybody say, I was created for a purpose. I was created for a mission. We were created in Christ Jesus. Everybody say, to do. Say it louder, to do. To do good works, which God prepared in advance. I want you to see that. To do good works, which God has prepared in advance for us to do. I want you to turn to your neighbor and say this. God's got a to-do for you to do. God's got a to-do for you to do. Hey, Darlene, this is your chance giving the wife's list and telling him that God's saying this. <laughs> I got to give it back to that guy. He's always giving it to me. So, um, so, so we've got this to-do. We were created to do good works in this world. We're his hands and feet. We're planned for a purpose. He doesn't have a backup plan. You are his plan. You're uniquely put together to carry it out. We just need to find what that is. You know what? I'm saved today and up here standing in front of you because God sent someone with a to-do to-do. I was in Lamar, Missouri, a town of 4,600 people, minding my own business, and this girl from that town decided to bring up a minister named Doug Elliott from a Bible college down in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. This guy comes up. This girl talked me into going to church because I didn't go to church. I, didn't do, I wasn't living for God. And while I was in church, this guy preached, and it was like he was talking straight to me. And then it got so, he was so bold as to say, some of you have heard this story, but he was so bold as to say, I was sitting on the back row, he pointed at me, and he said, you, in the back row. And I was like, who, me? And he said, you have a call of God on your life. I don't know you, but you have a call of God on your life, and you need to get up here and give your heart to God and get right with God. I jumped up, literally, and gave him one of these with some sign language. And I started yelling. Imagine this happened at Church on the Rock. Man, it was wild today. Some guy jumps up and gives the F-bomb and puts his, puts his arms up and says, I'm waiting for you outside of this church today. And then I just paced back and forth for hours waiting on him to come out. So I'm going to do some beating on him. The Holy Spirit got a hold of me, long story short, got drunk, did some stuff, ended up at his house, gave, it, gave my heart to the Lord at 4 o'clock in the morning. So, thank God, thank God that somebody was in a secret place of prayer. A secret place of prayer and God saying, I have something I've got for you to do. And this guy went and did it. I'm telling you, there is a to-do for us to do. We need to, we, we have to be, walk, to be walking in agreement with God. We're talking about agreement. To be walking in agreement with God, it requires to be close enough to hear with clarity, this is the way you should go. Now, I brought this scripture a couple weeks back, but the Lord said, 
They haven't got it yet. Do it again. I want you to look at Isaiah 30, verse 21. It says, whether you turn to the right or turn to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you. Think about that. If you're going to the left, you're going to the right, I'm going to hear a voice behind me saying, this is the way. Now walk in it. This is what I want you to do. This is the way. Now walk in it. Now walk in it. So the altar is that place of where a prayer is where, number one, it's where you hear, this is the way you should go. This is the way you should go in your personal life. This is the way you should go with your business. This is the way you should go with your marriage. This is the way you should go without a strange relationship. This is the way you should go without unforgiveness in your heart. This is the way you should go. This is what you should do with that addiction in your life. This is the way you should do. If you will but get quiet before the Lord, you will hear with clarity some answers that all of you are looking for. You've, you've, you've exhausted your means. You've exhausted your means. You've exhausted different avenues that you've had. God's avenue is to hear him. This is the way. And then this, number two, now walk in it. Hear it? Okay. Agree with it. Agree with it. And after you agree with it, then you walk with it. Everybody needs to know this scripture. You've got to know this scripture. Amos 3.3. It says that two people cannot walk together unless they are in agreement. If you're walking with the Lord... And you're choosing things that are outside of his desires for you or his will for you. And usually all those things are things that's good for you. He's not selfishly trying to make you do all this stuff. It's really to help you. But when you get outside of that, you're not walking with the Lord. And then that's why we love the scripture of the Lord. Says, yea, that I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. So when we get out of that and get out on our own path, then our shepherd comes and brings us back in. So, so he's not trying to force something down us. But then even when we get away from him, he's the one pulling you back to him. Everybody say, God's good. He's good. Everything's good. So, so we got to be walking with agreement with him. This is a total surrender of the heart. And I split it up. It's a total surrender of the heart. It's a total surrender of the soul. Your soul is your thoughts, it's your emotions, it's your will, but there's a total surrender of these things is, is when this happens, and then we can walk together. If you walk it out, your ear, if we begin, if we'll say, if we'll hear the Lord, one, say, this is the way, now walk in it. This is the way, now walk in it. That's where I did that deal the other day. To where we said, Carmen, this is the way I want you to walk in your marriage. I've, I've, I've talked to you in prayer. This is what I want you to do. And usually he tells you what you want you to do. The, 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 the people that are trying to get help in their marriage, if you're still thinking what they need to do, you miss the boat. Because God will tell you what you need to do. Okay? So, okay, Carmen, you said, now this is the way you should go. Now walk in it. Now, when Brian's a jerk and you want to pull your arm up and start 
going to the right or the left, you're going to hear a voice say, Carmen, come back here. <laughs> Love that pain in the butt guy. But if you veer to the left, no, no, darling, come back here. But Lord, I'm, no, there'll be a voice behind you. Guys, can you get a hold of that to have a counselor? To have a counselor, to have a voice that says, this is the way you should go. Now walk in it. And then there to be there to walk with you. Whoa, that's powerful. That is so powerful. That is so powerful. We can hear that. The reason is this is such a complicated war world. There are so many voices out there. I mean, you got the, the voice of self, you got the voice of ego, you got the voice of, of, of people around you, you've got the voice of God, you've got the voice, all these voices are around you where you're like, whoa, what do I do with all these voices? Which way do I do? What, what, where, where do I turn? 1 Kings 19 clears that up for us. He told Elijah, when Elijah was confused, he was confused right here because he had just called fire down from heaven and now he was running from Jezebel. He was so depressed in life that he wanted to, kill, to commit suicide. He wanted to die. And finally the Lord came up to him and he said, he, he was like, man, I, I got to get some direction. I, I got to know you're with me. I, we all been there. God said, hey, Elijah, I want you to go out and stand on the mountain. The Lord told him, as Elijah stood there, it says the Lord passed by in a mighty windstorm. It hit the mountain. It was such a terrible blast that the rocks were torn and loosed by this mighty wind. But the Lord was not in the wind. Most of the time when the God speaks to me, it's not an abruptness. It's not a push and a force. It shakes everything and knocks everything out of order. So I've learned that. After the wind, there was an earthquake. Sometimes that earthquake can be what you want, what your will is, where anger and emotional decisions and things are coming up. There's an earthquake. The Lord was not in the earthquake. There was a fire of anger released, but the Lord was not in the fire. But then after that, there was the sound of a gentle whisper. Of the Lord I want you to leave this church today every single person embedded in your mind that you can hear from a creator God that you that there is a personal relationship and a direction and a vision there's impressions there's there's a sense that there's something that God wants to deposit and download in every single one of our lives in any spectrum you can fill in the blank, whatever spectrum, but God has the answer to where he'll say, this is the way, now walk in it, and then he'll walk with you. So that's the first step. That's agreement. Now alignment is much shorter, okay? Alignment is this. Alignment is the place where he begins to put things, Larry, he begins to put things in an order. I know I've heard you say this with steps, with processes. 
with timing, specific timing, where things can begin to move forward in clear and precise increments of God's timing. God wants to establish a divine order because where order is restored, blessing is released. Here's what will happen when you start hearing from the Lord. If you take and you write down, what do you want to do in my life personally, spiritually? What do you want to do in my marriage? What do you want to do in my family? What do you want to do in my business? I need you to speak to me about my health. Uh, I need you, what do you want me to do about a situation? Every one of you received a sheet today that says stewardships. And what you do is you start writing in the blank at the top. All I want you to do this week, all I want you to do this week is start is writing down places where you're needing the vision, the direction about what God wants you to do. Lisa, I'm thinking about you today and what we talked about. And, and even people will come to me for answers. Guys, I don't know all the answers. I, 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 I'll pray for people, but I'd rather pray with people. And let's discover his will out together. That way when it all goes if it, all go, if it all goes haywire, because of something I say, you can't blame me for it. People do that. They come to me and want me to fix their troubles, and then when it doesn't work out, they blame me. And does that mean that, they, that it was the Lord and they didn't walk in it? Or, or what, what does that mean? It could mean so many different things. We can blame our wives. We can blame our friends. Let's take ownership. Everybody hearing me? Let's take ownership for your marriage, your business, your relationship. And what you do is don't try, this week I don't want you to try to put them in an order. I want you just to write down, Lord, what about my marriage? And then just get still. You'll start hearing things. Lord, hey Robert, does he do this? You're a businessman. Lord, what about a financial de decision for my business and a direction for it? Will he do that for you? Are you sure? A absolutely. And the way that starts is, I, I say get a vision board. And what I, that's why I took that sheet of paper. Call that your vision board. And the first thing I want you to do is just look at the areas that need addressed. Look at the areas that need change or, or vision. All I need you to do is write that. And then, guys, this isn't going to be a one-week fix. But this week, just start jotting down bullets. Robert, when you pray about your companies, does God just start dropping? impressions and thoughts in your mind and you just start writing them down right just start writing them down don't worry about the order yet and then you take your list and you can show it to other people or you can you can ask people to help you discern it or you can you can you can whatever but you begin to to make these lists and then and then alignment in agreement you begin to get an agreement with this is what I want you to do. So this week is, this is what I want you to do. And you're jotting them down. And then the next, next week and weeks after that, we're going to take these sheets. You may keep this sheet all year and keep using it. And you start taking things. I'll take things and I'll say, I'm supposed to do this this week. I'll look at all my bullets. And I'm like, that one I'm supposed to do this week. That one can be done in a month. That one's difficult. That may take me, that may take me 
several months. If you got, that, that, that one may take me several months. I don't want to chase rabbits. That, that's a six month. But then you start putting them in an alignment in kind of an order. Is everybody with me today? Because that's establishing that order. I love this scripture right here. I just found this one this week. Proverbs 24, 27 says this. Put your outdoor work in order and get your fields ready. After that, build your house. That really spoke to me. That really spoke to me. Because everybody wants to build the house first. When pioneers went into the West, I've even heard my dad tell story of, my, of a relative that settled Colorado. The first thing they did when they settled, the, the, the first thing they did is um, they put the outdoor work in order. They got the fields ready with, for corn. They got the housing for the livestock. The chicken barn made where the wolves don't come and kill the chickens, what's going to give them eggs. They protected the cows, and they protected their horses because the horse had to pull the plow. And instead of building the house, they tilled the ground. And guys, you'd rather build a house any day than till the ground and plant the seed and labor and all that. But there's a spiritual word there for all of us today. In the areas of your life that you want to get changed, you have to have that godly order. And you'll start hearing God say, ask the Lord to forgive, ask your wife to forgive you. Tell her you're a horse's hiney, and yet you don't blame her for thinking that you're a jerk. That may be tilling the ground. That may be tilling the ground. You'd rather build the house and jump in bed and have some loving. But before you could have that, you got to till the ground. There's a biblical order. Man, I feel this of the Holy Spirit. When order is restored, blessing is released. Hear, thus saith the Lord. Hear with clarity this week. This is the way I should go. And then wrestle with it and decide. Are you going to walk in it? Here's what people do. I'll walk in it when it's convenient. I'll walk in it when it's easy. And I'll walk in it when it's paving results for me. Well, you ain't on the road, buddy. Because you don't do things for results. You do things for obedience. You, you, you do things in trust. You do things in the order. People will come in. Well, I tried God. You can't try God. For a couple days didn't work i've tried praying i tried that maybe you're like maybe you're like saul that got all scattered and shook up because the enemy was pressing in on him and his troops were leaving and his troops were saying make the silly sacrifice and save our necks we're gonna all die here no god said don't do the sacrifice until the prophet comes. But the enemy's coming. His people were leaving him. His people were telling him stuff. And finally, he got scared himself. And he went ahead and just got out in disobedience and offered the sacrifice. 
And here's what's amazing in it, of this, is the Bible says, just as he was offering the sacrifice, just as he was offering the sacrifice, the prophet came around the corner. What are you doing? What are you doing? This is the way you should go. Walk in it. Why aren't you walking in it? Brothers and sisters, sometimes the prophets at the corner, the breakthrough. I want to tell you something. I have been sicker than a dog this week. I never get in bed. Because I have, have been longing for this fast, this 21-day fast. I've been longing for it and wanting it. All hell has, has broken loose to try to prevent that. And I've had to break fast a little bit this week. Now, I can do that, but I'm, I've cowboyed up. Come on, get the big boy pants up. Cowboy up! When things get tough. When you're not getting the results you want, when you're having a test or a trial, oh, that didn't work. God must not have been calling me to fasting. Yes, he was. And if we have to do it all through February, we'll do it all through February because I'm going to hear what God wants me to hear. <laughs> I'm excited. This is the first day I could. I'm excited. And don't think I, I gave up and laid in the bed. I fought. Guys, we had a fight. And sometimes when you fight, it looks like you're losing. But you're not losing. So this week, this week we're doing this assignment. We're getting our stewardships. We're getting the areas. We're asking God, how do you want me to handle this? You're jotting things down. You might play with alignment in a little bit. I can do this one now. I can do this in a month. I can do this in three months. I can do this in six months. You might play with that a little bit. But I want us to be in to create a map, a source of direction. Is anybody out here excited about Google Maps besides me? How did we ever get anywhere without Google Maps? How did we ever get anywhere? Man, I trust them things. She's only led me astray one time, and that was in Michigan. She's only, that sweet voice has only messed me up once. Sometimes we're driving and we're wondering where in the world we at. Anybody with me? Turn left. Turn right. Oh, you got a gas station over here you can fill up. I'm hungry. There's some places up here you can eat. Charting your course. But that voice is telling you, God do that God's a Google map he's a direction he's a direction he's better than Google anybody have fun today I tell you I'm so excited about this sermon today I'm so excited if people will take this message and they will activate it and trust it's from God and do it we're gonna see avails much we're going to see a force to be reckoned with. We're going to see breakthrough. So, so this week was agreement and, assign, and alignment. Next week's assignment. How many of you are going to come back next week? Let me see your hands. How many is going to come back next week? I want to hear assignment. Amen. We're going to have assignment. 
I'm going to end with two things today. And poor Braden, I didn't tell him any of it because I didn't know for sure. But there's two things I feel the Lord telling me to do today. One is, is we're going to have the altar team, pe people that pray. We're going to have them come up, and I ask them all to get oil. If you are sick or you've been given a, a bad doctor's report, if this flu's hitting you and all the, just anything that you are afflicted, you are afflicted. The Bible says call the elders of the church, anoint them with oil, and pray the prayer of faith, and that will raise them from their sickness. Do you believe the Bible? We're going to exercise that truth. But I want it to even go outside of the Bible. I want to see lines. We'll get more prayer people. I want to see lines of people that say, my marriage is afflicted. My business is afflicted. This relationship is afflicted. But I want us to ask for prayer from either the people up front or the people in your pew. I want us to pray for each other today. That's number one. Number two, I've wrestled with this one. I've wrestled with this one for two days. But I feel like the Lord gave me a prophetic word for this church. I, I feel like that God said, Brian, I want you to say this word to this church. Here it is. The Lord sent this message. Why are you living in luxurious houses while my house lies in ruins? This is what the Lord of heaven and army wants to say. Look at what's happening to you because we do that. Look at what's happening to you. Here's what's happening. You're planting much, but you're harvesting little. You're eating more than you could imagine, but you're not satisfied. You're drinking, but you're still so thirsty. You put on clothes, but you cannot keep warm. Your wages seem to disappear. All the money you're working where it seems to disappear as though you're putting it in pockets that are filled with holes. This is what the Lord God of heaven's army says to this church. Look what's happening to you. Right now. Right now, the Lord says, go up into the hills. Bring down timber. And let's rebuild my house. Let's rebuild my house. Heaven is my throne. The earth is my footstool. Where's the house you've built for me? Where is it? When you do that, I'll take pleasure in it. And I'll honor you, says the Lord. You've hoped for rich harvest, but they're poor. And when you brought your harvest home, I blew it away. Why? Because my house lies in ruins, says the Lord of heaven's armies, while all of you are busy building your own empires and your fine things. It's because of this that the heavens withhold their dew. And the earth produces no crop. You don't feel any fruitfulness. You feel dry. I've called for this drought in the fields. I called for it. It's a drought. 
I've called to wither the grains and the grapes and the olive trees and all your other crops. I called a drought to starve you and your livestock and to ruin everything you've worked so hard to get. Why? Why have you done this? Because my house lies in ruins, says the Lord of heaven's armies, while all of you are busy building your own things. I really felt the Lord say that to me. I really felt the Lord say to stand and herald that message. And when we're talking about divine order and biblical order, it's God first. It's God first living. It's God first total surrender to Him. He isn't something we add to our lives. He is our life. And so many of you are searching and you're planning and you're looking for a harvest and everything you do, it's like putting it in your pockets and it goes out and all this. It's void. It's empty. Seek ye first. Seek ye first, church. People in this building, seek ye first. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And then all of these other things will be added unto you. If that was a word from the Lord, you're supposed to discern it according to Scripture. If that is the way of the Lord, now walk. If this is the way that you should go, this is what I wanted to say to you. If it's one of them, I'm going to do something bold today. I'm going to ask you that, that want to hear that word, that you'd stand to your feet and say, let it be, be, let it be, O Lord, according to your word. Right now, just stand to your feet. If you want to surrender it all to the Lord, if you believe this is from the Lord, and I want you just to shut yourself away. I want you to shut yourself away. Now, everybody, let's stand together. Let's stand together and say, Oh, God of heaven, we come humbly before you today. And we put you first in our life today. We put you first in our marriage. We put you first in our personal life. We put you before even bodily exercise profiteth little, but godliness is more important. We put you before what we eat. We put you before our work. We put you before our families. We put you before our children. We put you first today. We put you first today. And God, right now, I pray, I will. If you haven't been fasting and seeking God, you join me. I'm starting again tomorrow. I had to go off fast because I was sick. Let's do it together. Tomorrow, go full water. Just drink water tomorrow. And when you would eat, just get alone with God. And what you wrote in your paper, just begin to say, Lord, speak to me. This is the way I should go. How many will say that? Tell the Lord you'll do that. I'll do that. I'll, I'll create a space. I'll set myself apart. This is the way you should go. And then you'll wrestle this week because some of the stuff he's going to tell you, you're not going to want to do. So have that wrestling match with the Lord and go ahead and let him break your hip like he broke, who was it? Jacob broke his hip. Walk with a limp, but at least you're walking with the Lord. I fought the Lord and he won. Come on, how many... Quit fighting the Lord. Right now, say, I surrender. I surrender my heart. 
I surrender my will. I surrender to you. I surrender to you. Lord, I'm praying as pastor of over this church and overseer over this church. I'm believing for divine breakthrough. I'm believing for supernatural miracles. I'm believing for that cancer report to be healed. I'm believing for berries that are dissolved to be put back together. I'm believing for businesses that have got it on the line this year that they will begin to put their money in the pockets and it won't have holes. That you'll, you'll give divine answers. You'll give divine appointments God right now right now we ask for breakthrough we ask for breakthrough and we're going to begin to write those areas down now as Jesus gives us this breakthrough right now as the prayer team comes forward we're going to close this service Braden however you feel led to do it but I want the prayer team to come forward I want people like Robert Hubener uh, Denny and Lori if you're a deacon, if you see these guys, there's a lot of people wanting to be prayed for, and you see that the lines are stacking up, come and you be prayer people. There's oil up here. If you're, if you're afflicted in any way, any situation, come and receive prayer. Humble yourself before the Lord. That's something he told me through this fast, is I want people to pray with each other, pray for each other, to share things and pray for each other. We're going to have plenty of people. Braden, you can close however you want. But Father, in the name of Jesus, we dismiss this service. Lord, we pray that you heal the sick today. That you set at liberty those that are bound. Freedom in Jesus' name, by the blood of Jesus. I pray that every altar prayer will know that they've been given the name of Jesus and the authority of his name. They lay hands on the sick and believe for recovery. If any of you afflicted, let him come and pray. Any area, God bless you. God bless you.